Hey, this is Adam, and you're listening to Wabi Sabi Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy the episodes that came before this. This is episode number 24, and still the beginning of season two. This is the last episode I recorded before the world shut down and resulted in all of us being in some form of lockdown slash quarantine slash social isolation, a.k.a. social and physical distancing. It's pretty remarkable to think about the world one to two weeks ago versus the world today. Though I did record this episode two weeks ago with Wei Chao Kong, founder of Standstill Tea, based here in Los Angeles. I'm doing the intro and outro after um, the recording and during this time of quarantine. I really hope that whoever's listening to this is staying healthy, resilient, and safe in this unprecedented time. I also want to give a quick shout of appreciation to any Patreon supporter and anyone who's made a small one-time donation at my personal website, enjoyslowtea.xyz. It really helps host the show. So I appreciate everyone. If you haven't already subscribed, please feel free to do so. And while we're in quarantine at home, also take a moment to maybe leave a review somewhere, post about it on social media. You can tag the show on Instagram at Wabi Sabi Podcast, or you can tag me personally at Adam Yasmin. So let's get to today's episode with my in-person conversation with Wei Chao Kong, founder of Standstill Tea here in Los Angeles. Standstill is more than a tea company, it's also a movement. It's a fellow tea brother that I had the pleasure of sitting and drinking tea with more than once. Be sure to listen to uh, after the conversation for some links. And without further ado, here's Wei Chao. Sweet, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad to be in your space. Yeah, glad to have you. I appreciate the the spontaneity, though. Oh yeah, I'm, uh... <laughs> you know, like there's no, it's like it's been a funny experience too. Um, you're like the you're like this beginning of the second season. This is pretty much like oh cool, kind of year two and kind of. Year one wrapped up, and now I'm getting in this flow of like, can I do this once a week? Can yeah, I, yeah. Can I get people? Um, yeah. Can I really get the schedule going? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Whether it's in person or, um, have you done the remote one? Yeah, I do a lot. Actually, I do a lot of them. I feel like half, if not more, of the conversations happen remotely because maybe there's someone in like, what was my recent one? I talked to a ceramicist in Czech Republic, 
We'll wow. have one of his pots. Yeah. Um, he's part of the whole global tea hut community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Do you, do you ask them to drink tea with you remotely? You have some tea? <laughs> if possible. Yeah. If possible. I kind of like that. I'm not going to stress <laughs> it. But I mean, it, it's, but as you know, I mean, tea is such a, it is such a vehicle for conversation. Yeah. That why, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't we? Yeah, really. So, Cool. I'm gonna take these off because I don't need it anymore. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. Yay. And I'm really excited to drink this tea with you because I've been like holding on to it like fucking Gollum and the Precious. Man. Oh it's wow. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well. Which is so funny that makes about. Makes feel really special. Oh, dude. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it's like to have you here. You know, it's like it's so. And like, honestly, I mean, you know, for listeners, you know, who will be listening to this, like Wei Chao is, you know, like an amazing tea brother who has a tea company called Standstill. And I found you through like just the growing Instagram tea family. Yeah. Which is really cool. Which is really cool. I mean, really like. I find something that I feel like the branding and the message and the visuals like speak to me. Yeah. And then it's like, well, who, what, who, who is this person? Who are these people? What's going on? <laughs> oh my God. They're here in LA, dude, get out of here. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? That's so, interesting. I think a lot of, um, a lot of people we know kind of, um, say that to us too, that like, we don't really put ourselves out there mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the standstill brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of questions like who we are and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, once you meet us, you'll know, <laughs> and yeah, it's not like we're like completely hidden, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's like what you're saying is you're kind of like brand forward. You're not sort of like, uh, like a personal, it's not brand. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that was always kind of our idea. Um, but we've had a few friends that are in the. They kind of do um, marketing and brand message and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. They were trying to suggest us be like, kind of like, um, you know, this is all great and all, but but people want to know who you are. <laughs> you know, like like he was like, I want to know. So, um, it's definitely something for us to think about because we always kind of try to push the opposite you know but i guess this kind of like everything there's got to be like a balance and you got to meet in the middle somehow do you find that you have pushback and you're doing this with your partner correct yeah yeah okay um it's uh my girlfriend tiff and uh-huh. also we have another partner in mm-hmm. san francisco mm-hmm. um she did all the branding and design and everything so this is the three of us mm-hmm and do you find that you collectively, like, as you say, you have this pushback against it being like, f- like face forward when you want like it be to be like kind of brand branding forwarding. Do you have a, is there a reason behind that? Um, I think I'm, I've always just been really attracted to brands, mm-hmm. um, over people. I get, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but not that I'm not into people you right. know but i i love i love a really good brand mm-hmm. like when i see something that i really like mm-hmm. um that's something that gets me really excited so um as much as ooh, yes it's so good 
Mm. It's straight up like wow! I can't believe this is a shun. Yeah, it's that, hard to believe. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So as much as I, uh, as much as we wanted to start a business, mm-hmm. you know, I think another thing that really excited us was to create a really cool brand um, for the tea market, mm-hmm. um, which was something that we thought was a little lacking, I guess. Um, something that could speak to people like me. I find that a lot of branding right now, especially here, like in the bubble of of LA, the bubble of California, the bubble of the US, of like being in this kind of oversaturated realm of like... Um, you know, you walk into like a Whole Foods or something, and yeah. like, there's a there's a the oh, picture yeah. of the founders mm. next to like they're they're featuring a local brand or something. I have right? been seeing that recently. Yeah, um, like as though right now, yeah, I guess really in the face of um, big big food and like big agriculture and whatnot, you want to see you maybe myself in terms of like in the place of of a relationship based on trust if i know a farmer if i know a purveyor or know a provider if i see a picture of them it creates that level of transparency it does yeah which is seemingly like rooted in like a lot of new food brands right now yeah yeah um and i think social media also has a big part of that as well because you can even if like Rishi T is has a big social media footprint and it may or may not be like the founder behind like posting and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like a social media team, you know, responsible for that kind of engagement with customers. Yeah. And it's interesting with T, you know, because we, and I say we like as like a, you know, mixed race gringo westerner like (laughs) you know like i'm russian and and israeli but i'm like you know raised here in the states so like like you know i grew up with like i think my i remember my mom being like a big anglophile so like high tea earl gray that whole thing and like and from my dad's side it was like you know black tea with mint more like middle eastern style yep and um but if you think about tea, you never thought of it in terms of like people behind it. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I kind of remember that. And so I feel like it's always been very like commodity based. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just thing a that big, you, you just a lot of it. It's yeah, maybe in a yeah. bag or it's in like a big tin or something. And you obviously there's a label or there's a brand that's behind it, but like yeah. you, there's no, there's no story or there's no kind of relationship with yeah. someone. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, and then you, and then you, you know, as I grew up, I learned that tea is like, you know, the second most imbibed drink in the world behind water. So like, yeah. okay, if everyone in the world drinks tea. Oh. Mm. I got to take a second for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then. That's great. It's really good. It is in that magical realm between. Is it between? It feels like it's more of a show pour. Right it now. does feel like that, yeah. Which is so funny to think about the show pour that you do drink. 
Yeah. It's like we just manipulated time. We, we may have manipulated <laughs> time. We drink yeah. Chopuer to imagine drinking this. Yeah. And now we're drinking this. Yeah, like, yeah. This is the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, I'm going to be... It's like jumping back and forth between the thought the thought wave and then what's actually happening in the moment. But Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a... I now... 18 year aged raw pour or sheng pour from tap twice tea wow which is unbelievable i mean yeah. it really is shout out to them shout out to <laughs> for, tap twice for tea. getting this <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah to go back to that that thought thought wave um and now i lost it which is really fun uh <laughs> Yeah, you never, yeah, growing up, and even when I started paying attention to teas, like, I never uh, thought about the people behind it, and that's by design. Again, commodity-based tea, Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. design, is not about connecting um, consumers to providers or purveyors or farmers. It's just, you know, it's more about the middleman. It's Maybe it's more about the branding itself. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Right, right. You know, and, and people people who think about tea now who drink it on a heavy commodity level, like in you know, who are drinking like what, PG tips and Right. Like a like a lot of like British friends who yeah. which just are just like that's what we do. Right. They may yeah, they exactly. may they, they have may that loyalty. They to also that. have a palate for amazing loose leaf teas because of what they have access to let's say in london for example but there's still that as you say this loyalty mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like ingrained to like yeah but we also drink pg tips yeah 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 you know yeah um i just had a conversation earlier this week with i don't know if you've heard of this company tealet no tealet they're based in vegas and uh it's founded by a friend. Her name is Elise Peterson. I actually just released that episode like yesterday. Cool. Um, so plug. Go, shout out to Tealet. Tealet, yeah. um, which is a really f- interesting, you know, moment to put in this uh, in the beginning of this conversation. But their whole mission um, is to cut out the middlemen. It's literally creating a transparent bridge between consumers and farmers. Yeah, yeah. And I like, like that. So it's. There's a lot, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work being done yeah. to, yeah, not just create more transparency, but to also, like, give a voice to farmers and manufacturers and whatnot. Yeah. And and then there's, like, what happens, like, here in the day-to-day, like, here in L.A., in the tea community, outside of the tea community, like... There are people who, you know, want to be more conscientious of like the food and the drinks that yeah. they're eat they're eating and imbibing, and so, again, I stumble onto standstill. I'm like, man, who the hell are these guys? Like, what, where, <laughs> what's going on? What are they doing? So that kind of engagement through Instagram, hey, this is awesome. Let's get together. Of course, getting together over tea is like what people the world over have done for yeah. millennia. So, um, 
Yeah, I think that's really cool. I um, I think we definitely try to follow that same philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something, like you said, like people are being just more aware of where all of their food are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's important. You know, it's like everything. Like we realize what's happening in the world, and you know, it's important to to kind of like for a lot of people now to know how this tea or whatever you're eating is being grown, and um, and that kind of relates to the farmer. Yeah. But then it really all starts from from the crop and the 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 earth itself right you know so the earth the soil and, the, exactly yeah and there's no way to know about that unless you knew about the farmer and what kind of a person that person is and um yeah so i hope we kind of keep going that route um i guess right now it's kind of almost we we kind of always we do it almost as like a like a differentiator like oh this is what we're doing different from maybe the past like 50 100 years like companies have been doing um but hopefully it gets to a point where it's just not even a question you know Mm -hmm. um that would be really cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah although you're kind of yeah you're part of this wave of this ultimate like paradigm shift and like what people have been used to for yeah, hundred plus years or decades and decades. Yeah. And now everything is changing for the better. Yeah. You know? And again, even even in the face of all kinds of challenges, I mean, I've been trying to get read more articles or, or um yeah, read more articles about like, you know, year over year, like if climate change is changing the amount of rainfall in these tea growing regions, what's that yield going to be like? How is that going to affect yeah, yeah. the output, the tea prices, you know, so on and so forth. Right. And then um, there's also political stuff, you know, like I read about, there was um, a predominant, I don't remember if it's like Kashmir, uh, but like one of these predominant like tea growing regions of India where like there was this political uprising and then like suddenly that whole tea output was just like stopped. Right, right, you know? yeah. Speaking of that, I just I just heard that a lot of um, Mexican gangs are turning to like avocado farming because that's kind of becoming more uh, in demand uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> easier to make money, I guess, mm-hmm. um, compared to drugs, uh-huh. I guess. Um, and just to think of that, like that's something that we get at like a Sprouts and mm-hmm. Whole Foods, and it's just, it's like this fruit that makes you feel almost like hip and stuff but then to think <laughs> but to think that um you know like the behind the scenes uh of producing it and what goes into that is is really crazy <laughs> the, dude, the economics yeah. of avocado farming <laughs> <laughs> wow i'd love to read more about that yeah <laughs> um, i was surprised i mean more avocados is in my opinion, being an avocado glut that I am. Yeah, it's not a bad we thing. love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems so, like, yeah, it's avocados or so, Southern California. 
like it, there's no way it could be evil but no. it, oh, it's almost like there's a little bit of evil to it now yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know you're like what yeah <laughs> yeah or like when i see um like you go to the farmers markets here and there's like homeboy industries right yeah yeah i love the mission behind that yeah and the product is great too yeah you know yeah that's a really cool company. i wonder if there's yeah. some kind of if that's i'm curious like when you say you know more avocado farms i wonder if it's kind of like in that realm i hope so mm-hmm. um as, as a form of i'm assuming like a homeboy industries i should look this up but like it's more of a almost like a rehabilitative thing you know it's like being able to employ like dudes who were uh, maybe incarcerated or that jailed and like hey let's teach you how to bake and how to sell and how yeah. to run this business and so on and so forth yeah seems that, like a, that's a really cool business model mm-hmm. so sand standstill operates as like would you call it like a roving tea business or is it rooted at rooted in your home and office do you mostly bring people in for tea experiences or you also do on-site stuff like what is the shape what's the i think we definitely do both Mm -hmm. um but they're really different Mm -hmm. um like you i'm sure you can imagine Mm -hmm. um because we're We've kind of created this brand our, around ourselves. Um, it's almost like we do feel the need to step up, you know, and go out there and kind of be a brand uh, that you would imagine seeing, like, I don't know, b- popping up with a stall at a grocery store and right. just, just trying to get people to sample stuff, right. you know, like that kind of a right. almost like businessy kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely do a lot of that. Um, but then the thing that that's really special to us, I would say, or really like special to ourselves um, is the in-home tea ceremonies. And those ones, um, we take it really, I don't know, not not that we take it seriously, but yeah, it's it's um, you have a passion for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's it's what we love, you know, yeah. and it's like we spend a lot of time organizing the right type of people to come together and Mm -hmm. we always try to get people that don't know each other to Mm -hmm. come together so that it's almost you know it's a it's a really good way for people to try our teas but Mm -hmm. it's also we want people to leave feeling that they just experienced something really magical Mm -hmm. um and then they just made new friends Mm -hmm. um and that you know everybody connected in a special way um i think that's really the key um as opposed to just like sampling tea at, at our house and stuff like that so and you yeah. and for as an experience or as an immersive you can't put a price on that no yeah i really can't yeah but it's also what people whether they realize it or not some people like myself like i crave those kinds of yeah. experiences from a brand or from, yeah. from yeah i mean not like i'm looking for businesses that do that and so that's what i'm going to pursue but mm-hmm. like I crave that as as an individual, as a human. Me being, too. Yeah. You know. Me too. And yet, for other people who are like, "Oh, I just I was interested in just coming to sample these teas," didn't expect to have this like cool like human experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you get you surprised. Can't, you can't put. It's it's a it's like beyond value. 
It really is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that that like some of our favorite times and experiences were things like this where, you know, we go into something not really knowing what to expect and coming out with invaluable things like mm -hmm. not really like physical things but really more connection type of you know things that you could take away and mm -hmm. things that really like build onto like who you are <laughs> on like an individual level mm -hmm. um things that kind of like make your brain tingle <laughs> a little bit which like tea definitely helps with that too so mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's that was like it's kind kind of like a feeling and then and a vibe that we wanted to recreate every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I was. I've been pursuing the same. Yeah, the I, same I can thing tell. Yeah. in a roving experience because yeah. this is the only opportunity to like host people here, like at home. Right. Maybe there's an occasional like party or something, but I can't with like you know daughter. And then right, I was like, yeah, right. I would love to have more of a dedicated space, but it's not going to happen in here. So right. I kind of relish and enjoy the kind of like Zen mind, beginner's mind of like doing stuff on site. Yeah. Having that be a way to like, for me to pursue this, there's a certain tone that I want to recreate. I kind of want to recreate the same thing every time, but it's always going to be a little bit different yeah, in a yeah. refreshing way because it's like a different group, maybe a different mm -hmm. intention. Maybe it's a team building thing versus like, we're going to do like a new moon tea ceremony. Maybe it's more like meditative Taoist style as opposed to like strictly Gong Fu. And like, so I kind of love the, the, the consistency of inconsistency in the, like in the kinds yeah. of, in the, in the, in the ways that it, um, creates itself. And yeah, man, thank you for doing that. Like we need <laughs> yeah. more, we just need I think more that's really of that. Cool. Like, we, yeah, that's it's really cool because, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people like us that, that are, that have the same mindset. Um, but obviously everybody's life is different, yes. you know, um, everybody's situation is different and we just feel really lucky to to have that space that we have yes. and we beautiful space yeah and um i mean you know i guess like whatever it means like we're still young we don't have kids we yeah. don't have those obligations yeah. so we could kind of give that space to the community mm -hmm. um so that's really what we wanted to do but mm -hmm. you know and then there's people like you that might not be able to you know, host people in their own space, but then, you know, you do more on-site things. And mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. It's kind of like how you build a community, right? right. You, yeah, and then everybody comes together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now we have uh, actual businesses like Steep and stuff that, mm -hmm. that you know, they're paying rent to to have create a space like that for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get them on the sh on this on the show. And I got that would be a crazy one. Yeah, that would be really good because I haven't done like two people at once. Right, too, right. So, um, yeah, but for anyone who will be listening, um, I was able to meet Wei Chao in person before going to his home where he hosted an incredible um, tea flight tea experience. 
at Steep, which is in Chinatown uh, on Broadway, Steep LA. If you look them up, like on Google Maps or Apple Maps or on Instagram as well. Um, <laughs> and the proprietors are absolute darlings and super passionate. And I love what they've created, how they've created it. And that, that it's there. Now I can tell people. Yeah. You Have you been there yet? You absolutely have to go there. Go yeah. there first. Try that. You know, like, it's so, uh, it's so, yeah, it feels so great to, like, point people to, to a place. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to, like, do, uh, figure out how to do events there as well, like, in collaboration with them. Um, Plan the seed. Planting the seed. <laughs> yeah, you heard it first. Yep. Right here. <laughs> Yeah, this is a way to like hold myself accountable. <laughs> right, like, you're like listen shit. back. You're like, oh wait, I say shit. This. It's on record. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hold myself to That's it. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, and you've just you uh, you just ha- you just put this amazing. I don't have it physically in front of me, but you have this oh, new box together. No, it's okay. You put a box together. Uh, basically a sampler box as i understand it right it's like a kit in a way so i guess it's a it's a in a way it's a pretty typical sampler box that you would expect from any tea company um but then it's also really unique um it's also we kind of look at it as like a sampler into like who we are so it's almost like a peek into um the type of people we are and what we're about Mm -hmm. and how we view tea as well um, and we really try to make that stand out um, with, I guess, a little bit with our packaging, but also with our language and stuff um, to really bring that human element alive. Yeah. And how do people uh, acquire this box? They buy it from you online? Yeah, so it's a direct-to-consumer product. So mm-hmm. you could find it on our web store, uh, standstilltea.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll ship it to you within uh, two business days. <laughs> <laughs> Expect it to be fulfilled. You gotta hold this is it, man. It's on record. You hold yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not a subscription based box. It is. It is a one time. It's just box. a one time thing. Cool. Um, I think we're trying to maybe see what the next step is. Uh, maybe it's a subscription. Um, I think we need to expand our tea collection a little more for for the subscription to make sense mm-hmm. um but we figured um you know we start off with what the one thing that was really thoughtful um that we spent a lot of time on and then just kind of let it be out there for a little bit um and then we could kind of add more things over time mm-hmm. yeah i mean from what i've seen like photos of it it looks it's looks stunning because it's, it's like so it's unique. It looks like kind I don't of, know. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. looks like this. It really it's like a time it, machine. It does on its own. It is a conversation. It demands yeah. attention. It demands yeah. Yeah. not just attention to like visually appreciate it, but to like you want to hold it and open it up and and explore it. Which I think is as we as you as we were saying before we started recording, like the beauty of thoughtfully putting together something like that versus like well we just have our whatever that we kind of stuff in a brown box and we ship it to right people. exactly like, yeah 
yeah shout out to susan for that um <laughs> she put a lot of effort into that mm-hmm. yeah so well done on, on the, <laughs> yeah on design i mean yeah, design for real. Design is everything. Important. Yeah, it really is. Design everything. is yeah. everything, and yeah. the fact that we're—I t- mean—we're talking about it now. I—I have, haven't. I've only seen one. I haven't held one yet. Right. Yeah. But I'm able to talk about it and appreciate it from a distance, and and that I can say that there, there. Yeah, for the people, for people out there who are um, creative, either you know, just that's their personality or, or their creative, you know, for a living. It's the kind of thing that where people are, uh, going to be, um, what's the word here? Yeah. They're good. They're looking for things that stand out like that. Yeah. Um, because, and interestingly enough, in my conversation with, with T-Lit, um, I asked the question about like, okay, well, so they used to have a subscription based model. Mm-hmm. for their um, customers and they had customers both like direct to consumer but also like a lot of wholesale mm-hmm. they do a lot mm-hmm. they do predominantly wholesale yeah you know supply to like uh, tea businesses and mm-hmm. and Elise was saying um, that the subscription model is kind of not a great model because mm. because a lot of people after like month three or four there's like a huge drop off in mm. like engagement yeah you just kind of get you subscribe to like I subscribe to like some toothbrush thing and I just kind of like mindlessly like on auto pay like I get my toothpaste and my toothbrush heads and I'm not I don't really think yeah I'm not engaging right with right, it right, so much yeah. there's other things there's like a chocolate box or there's a there's like yeah cool, there's so many like things, kids yeah. toys like curated selections of things that you just yeah. If you go on autopilot for the sake of like Uber convenience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was really anti subscription for a really totally. long time. Yeah. Now I have Hulu and Spotify, I guess. <laughs> but even well, that Well, those are is... different. Those are different consumables because you're gonna go you're gonna go to that. So like they hold everything and you pay you pay a monthly um price for access to that. Yeah, it's true. I'm it's talking different. about like yeah receiving boxes of stuff on the on the yeah standardized time exactly and um she was saying that for subscription-based tea stuff it's uh it's hard it's hard to keep people engaged because they're they may not really um not that that they're gonna like not stick with it but like their interest cannot be sustained yeah you have to be a special type of tea lover Totally. To, to really get excited about it yeah. every month. Um, yeah, I, I think we definitely thought about that as well. Um, so kind of try to stay away from that. Yeah. And but that's, then a lot of it was also just we we didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's cool to hear other mm-hmm. people in the business mm-hmm. say, like, talk about their experience. Like, oh, this didn't really work out for us. Um and we could kind of learn from that, which is great. And totally. we, we didn't have to go through it ourselves. But it really was like we made a decision, but it was a decision based off of our assumption, you know. <laughs> so we really didn't know. It's Yeah, I mean, you made the decision because yeah. it's because it, it came from a place of like creativity. It was like a creative and like artistic act. And like the, <laughs> the thing itself is artistic, has a lot of thoughtful design to it. And the fact that it's a one time thing 
means it's not the box isn't your entire business model. Yeah. It is one touch point, one one way for people to reach out and like touch your brand, basically. Yeah, you know, um <laughs> Susan and Tiff might not like to hear this. <laughs> um, but because it's it's probably not the best for for like a business in terms of like financial aspects but i really i would love to look at standstill as almost an like an agency in the in a way like a creative agency or yeah. or a so so everything is almost like a on a project basis yes you know so this thing that we created um by the way the box is called the come up yeah. so you know it's a it's a whole immersive story in yeah. itself um and that was a project you know and then it's almost like i would love to move on from that and what if it was like brand new you exactly know? <laughs> what if it's what if what if oh man here we go like what if but it's I know, like I'm a limited get, i'm about to start know, getting shit because they're like oh man you might spend all this, this is, time this is all this is all yeah. just for we're just talking because we're really like we're yeah. getting really activated on this really amazing yeah. tea but um what if like <laughs> what if it's a limited run of stuff you know what i mean right like, that would be really cool like little little capsules because i mean standstill when we started like conceptualizing um a big inspiration was kind of like streetwear and how we were looking at um regardless of like the hype and the mainstreamness of it nowadays you know like the 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 affinity to it that that customer base has to the products on a constant basis was really inspiring and how they were able to get people so excited about you know the same things over and over again but then for some reason they're all different you know and i think this whole like collab culture really started growing five ten years ago and um fashion really moved towards really smaller runs and limited runs and making you feel like it's a unique thing. Limited runs rare. and it's collaborative in nature. Maybe right, it's with yeah. another designer or some other industry mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, and, and it really worked for them. So that was definitely something that we were looking at. Um, yeah, I guess the trick is to try to recreate that feeling. <laughs> but also be smart financially because <laughs> we, we have done a lot of, um, I guess, one-off things that we spent a lot of time on and also you know some of our own money that you know didn't really bring that monetary return that that we would like um but then you know that we did get a lot of like relationship return and also you know it's it's different it's not always just the money yeah um which i do value as well um but it's hard to run a business that way sometimes too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I don't even know, like I've, yeah. I've been doing what I've been doing in the name of a shared tea experience for a decade. And it was never for over a decade. And it's never been like on a, on the heels of a business plan. It's always been this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's like another body, aspect of it. Cause you know? tea is so like tea people are so not that type of people you know so yeah yeah (laughs) there there we go well again without holding the box i think it's gorgeous and i think it's extreme it's very meaningful while we're saturated with a lot of like 
copy paste kind of the same things there's not a lot of of uh artistry and sort of like individuation and like something that you just again like unless you're talking about different industries like a run of sneakers or like t-shirts or something where it's like it's going to be a limited run there's only going to be like 500 and then that kind of thing yeah and i and there's maybe a lot to learn there a lot to like you know take away from that kind of um that kind of like branding brand that engagement. Is true, yeah. Um yeah. so like again, it's like for people should absolutely check it out. Like go to standstill standstill.com or standstill com. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, this tea. I wish we had standstill.com though. That's well, another story. Maybe we'll that, maybe uh, we'll find it somehow. <laughs> oh, I, I found it. I found okay. it. It's just uh <laughs> It cost cost you ten thousand dollars to, I, I to know, get it. So. To get it, I uh, so we kind of yeah. I actually changed my URL. I had the URL imagesoft.xyz for a long time. Yeah, because I I've thought, never seen the dot xyz until you yeah use it, by until the way. I yeah. So, yeah so like maybe that's my like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's my that's my individuation yeah. but um. <laughs> Because just because it rhymed, images of tea.xyz. Oh, yeah. You know? ah, wow. I love that. But then it was also like, but because I was taking a lot of photos and I thought, like, oh, it could be maybe it could be an installation based thing. Maybe it could be like gallery stuff. Maybe I'll like, again, on record, maybe I'll like grow the cojones to like ask Steep if they would like, w- like to have a piece up or something. Because right, I saw right. they did like a food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like a food like photography a, show. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I would love to have like a piece in there. But like, um, I'm sure they'd be down. You just got to. But no, totally, them, I yeah, know. Yeah. I just have to like, just get out of my way and do it. Yeah. But yeah. then, then I realized like, no, it's actually more about offering a service, being a service based business. I don't even know. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. guess I really need to take myself seriously in that regard. Like I do. Yeah. yeah. I offer a service. It's for, we struggle with that a lot in the beginning too. Yeah. Yeah, taking yourself seriously. Yeah. It's always that kind of like imposter syndrome that like Yeah. Like we still struggle with that too. Absolutely. <laughs> imposter syndrome is yeah. something that I heard a lot from my mentor in user experience, Jill De Silva. Hmm. Where she's just like you know that feeling you have? You feel like you're an imposter, like, do I really do this? Right. Just shut the fuck up and just take yourself seriously and be like, Yes, this is what I do. Yeah. This is what I'm offering. It has value. Take yourself seriously. Right, and I was exactly, just like, yeah. dude, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. For doing that. Um, and so I'm kind of on the way yeah. to branding my service, my roving service. And right now my <laughs> right now my URL is Oh you changed st- it. I changed it. It's still an XYZ. I just changed it like yesterday. Wow. Because images of T.XYZ was like, I need to like Maybe if I break free from it, it'll like create new opportunities. But now yeah, it's called, yeah. it's it's enjoyslowtea.xyz. Okay. Which I think speaks more to like what I'm actually offering. I have to like slow down on this yeah. tea because I'm feeling really giggly right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because that's, that's, that is one way i feel like i can effectively talk about the the experience to potential partners or clients or teams you know because i offer it as like a digital detox 
and sort of digital wellness-based uh, distraction-free experience. Mm-hmm. If I'm able mm-hmm. to come in to an office who, uh, you know, a lot of HR departments are starting to uh, have a wellness budget mm-hmm. you know, for their employees. And so that's what that's I'm great. trying to do. So like having been in like design tech for the last five years and feeling really at odds with like, I don't want to be a UX designer in the traditional sense anymore. Yeah. In the freelance sense of like, that's what I'm doing for money in my career. So instead it's like to offer that as an on-site experience in office, we don't have to go to like Costa Rica. It'd be cool to like to take the team, do an offsite, like do a yoga <laughs> retreat in Costa Rica and stuff. Like that sounds great. That would you be can cool. budget for it. Yeah, that would be cool. But you know what? We don't have to do that. I can, yeah. I'm happy to come in to the office either like whatever table or floors or whatever whatever the setup needs to be and we can do this and have it be a sensory rich experience you know focus on aromas focus on flavors maybe pair it with a snack or something the next thing you know like 90 minutes goes by and like that's yeah that has value that offers value to the employees who then can love the company for offering that kind of experience there's less of a turnover rate with their employees because i know a lot of employees after 18 months or two years or so they like on their way out to do the next thing because there's like a big burnout um Mm. issue and so yeah man again on record i think that's great yeah you know like if you know like if you guys ever wanted to maybe partner up and do that together like yeah just like maybe for better groundswell maybe we can do that you know as standstill like for me it's not about like i'm not building a thing because it has to be my thing i'm moving forward into this decade and into 2020 being like i've been doing stuff by myself for 10 years like kind of like han solo not even with a chewbacca or maybe i'm chewbacca (laughs) and there's no han solo I'm totally like alone in the galaxy. Like That's I'm funny. kind of done with that. Like I'm, yeah. for me, it's about like partnerships yeah, yeah. and alliances. And I like, like that. There are people doing amazing things and there's, there shouldn't be, there's, there's no reason why if it's not like a good fit, like we can't be doing things together. So just, yeah. put, just planting that seed. Yeah. I, I think, um, we've been thinking about that a lot too. Um, like for us, it always seems like, um, like when you look at coffee, for example, yeah. um, I guess. This is good. That was actually my next segue into yeah? this topic. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I guess like there's, there's different roles in like the coffee industry, right? Yes. So you have like the producers, you have the brands, the roasters, mm-hmm. um, and then you have like the people that make the coffee for you yes. in the cup and for you baristas. to consume it. Yeah, baristas, Specialists. right? So that's really what I'm, what I'm talking about, yeah. um, there's like baristas are such a, they have such an important role in coffee. Um, yes. But then that's really kind of like who you are in the, you know, in like the tea analog of that. Um, and for us, it's almost like we're more focused on, you know, the sourcing. And um, so we're trying to get, get a little bit into the roasting as well and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So more on the production side. Um, and, we've been trying to think more about that, like kind of like a synergistic relationship mm-hmm. um, where, you know, like 
people aren't really talking about tea make like people making tea for you as like barista as kind of like people people get super excited about baristas you know um there are like competitions a, there are like, yeah, expos yeah. Or for real like, yeah for, yeah same same thing with like sommeliers i guess too you know it's just like yeah and then and then for tea i I know there's competitions for like tea makers yes um but then there's not really it would be (laughs) it would be cool if there was a competition uh for like tea brewers Mm -hmm. and then you judge it based off of like you do judge it based off the flavor but then you also judge them based off of like the feeling that they give you and like and presentation yeah yeah i think there may be i think there may be one um there's a group I joined, excuse me, like last year or so. It's called the AST, American Specialty Tea Alliance. Cool. You should check them out. Yeah. And like join like as, as, as standstill. Yeah. Um, they started because the, the, one of the founders of ASTA, <laughs> <laughs> Asta. Uh, as a gentleman named Tony Gebeli, who authored a book called Tea, a user's guide, which is a really cool, like not, Word. yeah, I got to show you that book. In fact, it's Did he also start tea, tea Epicure or something. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Jordan was telling me about him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jordan. Jordan. He just came over. Uh, yeah, last Jordan Sunday, yeah. is the other half. I think he. Right. Yeah, he's along with uh, with Tony. Uh, Jordan is definitely like, you know, very much a big part of, of Asta. Right. And um, Tony has been invited to several tea competitions in like China, Vietnam, Hong Kong. Um, to be a judge and so he started mm. i think only as of last year he started bringing like a tea master's cup like that kind of like tea brewing and tea presentation like competition for america uh, to the states oh i love that where, um, where is it at i think it's at the world tea expo okay so up until last year was in vegas and right. now this year which i think it happens every june and it's going to happen in uh denver wow yeah cool. like a big convention center so like yeah, join join ASTA and um, yeah, and find out more about that whole like Tea Masters Cup thing. We'll do because that's one example of that. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. Man, this tea. There's almost like a really light. Like the body feel is like kind of really, and I've been I've been learning more about trying to put to words like the body feel. Mm-hmm. What I've read is like the chi, yeah. Um, because teas tea of this caliber of this style brewed in this method go way beyond like aroma and flavor. Yeah. Aroma and flavor is oh, like the chi is probably the most important. Yeah, that's yeah. what I understand. Like from from what I understand of like, you know, like tea culture as it really exists like in throughout Asia, it's really about or definitely in China as I as I understand it. I'm like slurring my words right now, dude. <laughs> um it's really about the body feel. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about the aroma and the flavor, although that's definitely a part of it. And yeah. Um, that's the hardest thing to get right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to like, as you grow, manufacture, produce, process it, 
to think that people can, based on like doing it for decades or maybe like generations of families who are like tea producers, like to be able to like develop a body feel. Yeah. Like that and, blows and, my mind. And I will say no matter how much like experience you have and how much effort you put into it, like that development that you would say, I you could probably only get to like 60, 70%. Totally. You know, and the rest is really just luck. You yeah. know, and it's just like your fate. Kind the rest of, is the what happens. Fate of yeah. the tea leaf. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Which is really, that really makes tea so special. You know, yeah. and it's just like a lot of things are out of your control. Um, and that kind of speaks to a lot of other like philosophies that, that people who like drinking tea also believe in. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's really, I'm going to come back to the coffee thing in a second, <laughs> but the, <laughs> this is what after 10 years is what gets me, what keeps blowing my mind and what I keep pursuing is that no matter what. There could be a, a tea year over year, like a like a wine or, or, or Pinot Noir or Merlot. Like there's one vineyard or something and there's like different years where they're producing the same tea. Obviously, it's 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 particular to that year. But tea in itself is so ephemeral. Mm-hmm. You cannot recreate it exactly the same. There's going to be differences in uh, rainfall and temperature and whatever and altitude and terroir and all the things the reason why i feel like i crave it even though i'm craving what i understand to be a repeat experience Mm -hmm. but it's on a different day there's it's a different temperature i'm feeling differently and maybe i'm in a different mood yeah you know whether i'm in a good mood and i want to celebrate by drinking tea or i'm in a really fucked up mood and I'm just like, I need to just do this because it's a nice thing I can do for myself. Like that kind of, the fact that it's impermanent, it's ephemeral, like it's, there's only so much of it. There's so little of it that exists is why I like keep craving it. I, not in like a nihilistic sense, like, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. It's not, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's more like, because it's so precious, because there's only right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that I feel like that's what I'm I'm constantly craving about. Um, I yeah. can't even complete this thought right now. It, like, it really <laughs> makes you recognize life, I guess you know, and and the reality of like this thing that we live in. Yeah, you know, and how everything's always different, always changing. Well, I mean, with a these, lot of things are out these, of your control. With these things <laughs> in our in our pockets, it's all this. You know, it's like the same notifications, the same graphical user interface it's the same uh engagement the same interaction control every day like it's it's a person that designed it yeah with an intention in mind and it it doesn't change yeah um it's supposed to make you feel a certain way and it was very yeah exactly rigid it's it's manipulative absolutely and it's it's that way by design and like Mm -hmm. we don't even we don't even have to spend time on that Mm -hmm. but that's why I crave this and it's important for me to share in this experience, whether it's with tea people or people who have never had, I feel like I do a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of that. Like over really, if I look back at the time spent, it's like a lot of it's like introducing people to 
that kind of an experience because they may or may not have have had a meditative kind of experience and that's not what this is but it is kind of by in its very nature something that does quiet the mind reduces distract and minimizes distraction you just kind of just kind of like get in the zone and that's what it's such a it's yep. such a precious thing that I keep craving that I keep coming back to because I give it that importance in my life but to go back to go back to coffee um I feel like I'm noticing a lot of people are caring about coffee where it comes from how it's manufactured how it's processed who's you know who are the farmers is it fair trade like what's the what's the environment like that it's grown in like yeah, is it yeah. organic or not all that stuff yeah and then as you say like you look at the hierarchy going down to like who's distributing it are people roasting it um what are the brands like that that offer the like you know go get them tiger versus like you know coffee bean and tea leaf right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's such a different touch point you yeah. know and um and then as you say like the baristas like who are passionate about the products that they're um that they're sharing with their their customers um are we are we getting closer to that in terms of like sharing craft tea you know if we're gonna if we're gonna be talking about craft coffee and looking at the different I, types of brewing methods you know i almost want to say like it's the uh, it's it's the other way around i okay. feel like coffee is still coffee is trying to like chase that feeling in a way but but it's still very much like a fast like consumer kind of a yes. item you know um and I talk about this with with a friend that um, is super into coffee, and he kind of like um, put it into perspective for me because for a long time we were like from a from a branding perspective, we were looking at you know the coffee industry, and now I guess maybe I, I would just keep it at coffee um, and and how like this whole third wave coffee thing really started making people aware of like where it's from and like uh it being single origin versus a blend and uh is a fair trade and stuff like that but then he he just he told me that like dude coffee is still dirt cheap like even if it's really really like even if your coffee costs like six dollars a cup like that margin that 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 company made is yeah and because it's like from the origin standpoint it's still a crazy commodity, you know? It's, like, still a really, really cheap thing. Um, whereas, like, tea's not like that, you know? Teas are super expensive. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if it's because the the places that are growing and producing really good tea, um, like China, Japan, um, they're, like, slightly more developed countries than, like, you know a lot of south america right yeah um africa Africa, yeah like southwest asia these kind of countries Mm -hmm. i don't know i i i guess that kind of plays a part into it but you know like people know their worth like the the producers the tea farmers know their worth at this point um and you're unlikely to find a really good tea for a really good price it's probably 
pretty expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's like a really good tea mm-hmm. so that was interesting to me and like i guess like wine is kind of like that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's a it's a interest it's it's really hard to compare you know because but but like from like a marketing perspective coffee did a really good job and like on the consumer side a lot of companies thrive really well you know yeah. um and i don't know this too much but i would assume that the coffee producers aren't doing as good or great as like a go get them yeah you know um but i know for a fact that even the the people that we work with um from the tea production side you know they're doing pretty well yeah. and but um not to say that they're like greedy people or yeah. anything but it's just like they figured it out they yeah. figured out like what they're worth yeah um and they just stuck the right it's like that whole imposter syndrome thing it's like nah dude like I, just because i'm a farmer doesn't mean i have to like suffer from like yeah. this capitalistic relationship yeah. so it's very interesting yeah. <laughs> to see yeah i would imagine too i mean like for for high-end tea for any specialty tea i mean they're just tea is more process heavy than coffee yeah a lot mm-hmm. more craft goes into it yeah and the craft for coffee only comes into play for us again on the consumer side right because exactly. the roasting happens locally mm-hmm. um where you consume it mm-hmm. and that's what people see the most mm-hmm. um and that's what people kind of like attach themselves to mm-hmm. um but then yeah i talk about this too a lot but like there's probably like 20 steps that you don't see Absolutely. (laughs) If people only knew the amount of processing it takes to get like the oolong that you like. Right, yeah. You know, or the green tea that you like. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because we're like coming up on. Okay. When you said you had to bounce and it's like about 1220. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I could do this. Yeah, like ten more minutes. Um, <laughs> I just gotta hop on a call. So yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I um, yeah. Oh my god, like eight hundred questions in my head right now. <laughs> bottleneck, bottleneck. Yeah. I kind of make that metaphor all the time. But I guess yeah, since we have just a couple more minutes, um, would you like to go into like? kind of storytell like storytell like just the beginnings for you like any origin story or like how um for tea specifically mm-hmm. um <laughs> i it's uh i definitely didn't grow up with tea you mm-hmm. know in 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 that way you know it, we grew up with it in the way that like same as what you said, you know, like my parents drank it, you yeah. know, but it's not like they really respected it that much to like really revere like yeah. tea as something to kind of like stop your life and, and focus on it kind yeah. of thing. It's kind of just something that you make on the side and it's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's been kind of trained your palate, you know, so it tra- made you like tea from a young age kind of yeah. thing. Um, but the re- really how we started was um, before this, uh, I was already in the food industry. Uh, uh, when I graduated college, I we started like I moved over here to LA from um, Pittsburgh. That's from where Pittsburgh. I went to school. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> and like I just wanted to get out of Pittsburgh. Sure. But um, I uh, had the opportunity to start a food truck. Um, and I think a lot of the things that I really get interested in is kind of cultural. So right. the food truck, uh, we started a concept um, that made uh, these things called jambings, okay. which is kind of like a Chinese street crepe that I grew up with. Cool. Um, it's something, it's it's like a super street food thing. It's a uh, kind of this like breakfast item that um, you see a lot in like Northern China. And it's like, super nostalgic for me um it's something that like i used to always crave but my parents would never let me buy it because it's like on the street and you know <laughs> they're like oh you can't eat street food kind of thing Got it. <laughs> um so i guess that kind of like pushed me into the food world because i wanted to kind of like recreate that mm. nostalgia that um i felt and kind of give it to other people yeah um so after that uh i stayed in the food world like i was cooking um around la and stuff and i was we were just trying to find like a concept for us to do um (laughs) it might sound really stupid but we're like oh we're chinese like what about tea you know Mm -hmm. like coffee culture is kind of popping off Mm -hmm. like we should kind of match that enthusiasm with tea and you know like our country grows it. I'm sure we could go find it somewhere, you know, and do the, you know, and it find seemed, it directly. It seems so like, yeah, it's like, it's so practical. It's yeah. Like, oh, well it's, you know, it's part of our culture. Yeah. It's part of what we grew up around, surrounded by. Yeah. Why not just focus you on know? that? And then it's just like, Oh, but like, you know, we want to represent it the right way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we do want to have a Chinese person representing Chinese tea. Yes. So, um, we kind of started exploring the idea, went back to China a little bit, um, and then a lot of our family, friends, and, you know, uh, we found out that everybody owns a tea farm in China, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so a lot of our family was like, oh, you want to do tea? Like, let me show you. Like, my friend has a tea farm That's and stuff. That's so cool. Um, so we would, like, go meet with these people, and then they would make tea for us, um, I guess in like a slow tea kind of a way. Yeah. And that's really the first time we kind of got introduced to... To Kung Fu style. Yeah, like yeah. And and at that point, we were like... um, We still are, but like, we we like love to smoke weed, you yeah. know? And that was... And like, obviously you can't smoke in China. Yeah. But like that whole tea experience really like... There's a lot of us. parallels. Yeah, yeah, and like really related to us. And like, I'm always super into like the the technical side of everything yes. so like i would i used to like read up on a bunch of forums on like how you grow weed and like the different strains that came out of like mm-hmm. these mother strains and stuff like that and it's like literally the same shit with tea and yeah. i was like wait this is crazy mm-hmm. um and the way that it makes you feel and everything so um we kind of just uh, that's kind of where standstill as an idea started so we wanted to kind of create a brand that um, represented all of those things that got us really excited about weed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, the, the thing that you're consuming is a little bit different. Um, I guess it's a little bit, it's, it's healthier because you don't, you're not smoking, mm-hmm. you know? And, but then, you know, the sharing is very much still there. Like mm-hmm. the communal aspect of everything is still there. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we kind of, have you ever done like a pairing? Like a pairing of we're, we're trying we're to. Okay. We're trying to. I mean, we, like, 
our in-home ceremonies are very much 420 friendly. Yeah. But we never really like. It's not a. It's, you're not putting an emphasis on. Right. It, exactly. Yeah. So we just always wanted to kind of reserve that for like once we do like a collab with a company or something. I'm gonna like hold that. this thought. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So then. So then from that idea, we really tried to develop a brand that kind of captures that idea yeah. you know something a, a brand that speaks to that certain kind of people um like we kind of noticed that a lot of people aren't into tea yeah um and we we're trying to figure out why and we saw that like a lot of tea companies are very similar they're really trying to target like a very specific type of person um which is great mm-hmm. you know it works really well but then there's like 90 percent of the United States that just don't know about it just because 90% of the tea companies don't really speak to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to kind of like shift that a little bit Mm -hmm. and make it a little bit more fun, make it a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And now, now here we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How, how old is Stan still? I, I will say like uh, the idea probably started maybe like two, three years ago. Um, but at that point, we really didn't know what it's we were still doing. relatively new, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. So my idea was, <laughs> if me. you haven't, if you haven't developed like a pairing event already that you may host at home, even though you say you're 420 friendly when you pour at home, I've been reading about these like weed cafes that like started opening up here in LA. Yeah, yeah. Who are like very high, you know, like very like highly curated um selection of goods and so on and so forth i wonder if as a way of outreach you could maybe develop like a a tasting experience or a yeah, pairing that experience would be with cool. the cafe on site yeah that'd be really cool that would be very cool i think um <laughs> even just to push that forward like 10,000 steps <laughs> Um, our our dream is to open like a weed friendly tea Dude. room sometime. You know, you hear it. <laughs> it's on like, record. Yeah, it's on record. Some <laughs> so, point, some point in the future, yeah, like at you, some can, point. you can, you <laughs> can. That'd be so cool, man. I yeah. mean, it would be like, what a destination. Really, yeah. yeah. And it it just seems like the perfect concept for they us. Go, you know, yeah, like, they go, yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean. And, that sounds amazing and it's like a direct representation of who we are yeah and everything yeah <laughs> yeah well may it yeah man may it be yeah but so. the, the weed industry is crazy right now too. very so, crazy yeah we have we have some friends that are in it and we talk to them because we do also want to have like products too that kind yeah. of relate the yeah. two together yeah um we'll see <laughs> I imagine it's a very uh yeah, complex and challenging market to get into. Yeah. You know, yeah. With a lot of money in it right now. Money and regulations. A lot of like, wasted money. A lot. I would say. Yeah. 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 Without being an expert on any anything. It's just what I'm noticing. But yeah. Um, yep. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time. One step we're, at we're, a time. <laughs> working towards it. <laughs> hey man, every yeah. the what is it? The the long journey begins with the first step. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being, thanks for thank coming. Thank you. Thanks for sharing this tea. This yeah. Do this tea. Amazing. 
This tea gave me like light cod mouth, and I'm like feel like light lightly stoned. Yeah, without yeah. Smoking anything. Right. Um, it has like a it has like a CBD feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. It does yeah. have a CBD feel to it. Very relaxing. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with CBD, but um, I had a higher dose experience recently when I was experience when I unfortunately had some tooth pain. And and with that, just CBD. Yeah. Yeah. Did I it help just, the like, pain? I took like a twenty milligram like. Uh, liquid liquid pill yeah and it just shifted my awareness of the pain i mean it like it didn't make it disappear like ibuprofen would right but it was like heightened sensory awareness you know and um it was lovely that's cool um and that's you know and there's a similarity with like the type of tea that this is yeah where it's like giggly and kind of like dry in the mouth and <laughs> yep yep you know heightened senses and yep. it's very it's kind of makes you really aware of your body right absolutely here. your upper like body area yeah, yeah. what a really generous in your head <laughs> mm-hmm. well i can't wait for the next conversation and i can't wait to come back yeah yeah, yeah we should, we should and, do something yeah. together too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool thank you again yeah of course Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And be sure to check out Wei Chow and Stand Still on the web at standstilltea.com. Just like it sounds. S-T-A-N-D-S-T-I-L-L-T-E-A dot com. Be sure to order the come up box. It's absolutely gorgeous. I know you've heard it in the conversation, but at least check it out on their web store. And follow them on Instagram at standstill.t. Again, hope you're staying healthy and safe in this completely crazy time of quarantine. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. Leave a review on iTunes. Post about it on social media. Consider supporting, if you can, for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon. So check out patreon.com forward slash Wabi Sabi podcast. You could also make a small one or two or five dollar one time donation at my personal website, enjoyslowtea.xyz.